Hey everybody. Howdy. Uh, welcome back to Here's the Thing, now with the video. Yeah. It's um, no longer a uh, It's no longer a just podcast. a... It's, no, it's a podcast. Well, it's Because we're still going to put it out as a podcast. But I figured after a couple people brought it up to me, and I had the thought, and you said you had the thought. Yeah. Um, we needed a video because putting it out on YouTube and having just... The picture, the, the white box. Like the first time Allie's mom listened to it, she put it on for about ten seconds and then went, "Where's the video?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, we're working on it." And we had this idea because you want your privacy, and I want to get famous. Thus, the elegant outfit. I'm just comfortable. Um, <laughs> uh, but the idea is. This. So we're going to have the video, and it's going to be me. Also, hi, I'm Jake. Uh, in the flesh. In the flesh, finally. I'm very excited for the video. I think the video is going to be fun. Oh, it's going to be fun. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, I look awesome. I'm excited. Yeah, you look fan-fucking-tastic. I don't think I've looked this good in a long time. You haven't. I'm very um, comfortable. But we had this idea because it... it We'll still be able to put the audio on SoundCloud and all wherever else we put it when we find places to put it. Yeah. And now we have video to put on YouTube, so now it makes sense. Exactly. And it'll yeah. be good. I'm excited about this. It'll I'm very excited in. about this. Yeah. Because it also, it just, it isn't, it'll, I'm, I, I just, I'm fucking excited. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I have a lot to talk about. I have some things I threw on the whiteboard behind Jake. What'd you put on the whiteboard? Uh, ah. Just six things. Great. Okay. Perfect. Well, let's start with... Uh, so, Trump got impeached for a second time. Uh, Trump, yes. But to <laughs> say it like that makes it sound like it's happened. Trump got impeached historically for the second time. The only president to ever get impeached twice. Yeah, it sounds like that moment in the Grinch where the guy's like, I've had my tonsils removed twice. Like, it doesn't happen. It sounds like something that they didn't plan to ever have to say. No. Like, when, when impeachment... I don't even understand how impeachment fully works. And I'm not supposed to. I know it's not supposed to happen twice. Yeah, you know that's... what I mean? Like, I know the people that have been impeached are Nixon... And Clinton. Clinton. No, there's Clinton, one... Clinton retired. Before. No, no, he was impeached. Impeachment doesn't mean re you have to resign. I did oh. learn that. I did a little bit of research. So, Nixon got impeached because of Watergate. Yeah. And he later resigned because he got caught. And he did something very illegal. And he was like, I'm the president. It's not illegal. There's another president that got impeached besides Nixon, Clinton, and Trump. And I can't remember which one. It was, it was. one of the older ones. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was like Adams. Yeah. No, it wasn't Adams. Was it not Adams? No, but it, it, it is one that I don't know off the top of my head. But Nixon got impeached for doing something highly illegal. Clinton got impeached for a blowjob from a secretary. Still bad. Yeah. But that shows the range of what impeachment can be for. Because well, back, that back in Clinton's age, too, it was like a lot more traditionalism throughout the media. Yeah, it's also about just the symbol of the presidency. Yeah. Which brings it's kind me, of fallen off. Which brings me to years. Trump. Yeah. He's already been impeached. He's already fucked up the symbol of the presidency. And then the events at the Capitol happened, which aren't funny at all. No. Uh, they're they're, they're we've, tragic. We've, we've talked about yeah, that. Yeah, they're tragic. Yeah. People have died. It's tragic. Um, but it happened. 
And he got impeached again. You know how bad you gotta be get to get twice. impeached twice, and not like. And now people are pulling the like. Well, it's just there's just a week left. Why bother? And it's like, yeah, there were twenty days left, and six days in, shit hit the fan. Yeah. Like, so. I yeah, actually, I just thought of it like, ah, uh, Brandon brought in like a gun and a lot of drugs to school and he got expelled but they let him come back and now he's getting expelled again but why expel him there's only seven days left of school well, yeah. he's gonna come back next year uh it's insanity <laughs> uh i look like i'm excited about it i'm i both am and i'm not you look insane in your unicorn onesie talking about this very serious topic and it's a yes. it's a it's an aesthetic i'm loving right now <laughs> i'm glad um, <laughs> but I'm not excited about it because in terms of the effect that this has on the U.S. And it's going to sound bad, but like the image of the U.S. as a whole. Yeah, our reputation, our image, everything. We were already shooting ourselves in the foot. This is a terrifying... Also, economically, it's not going to be good for us either. No. No. But just as a... Like going forward, like not even just Biden... But, like, the next three presidents got to put in work. Because the damage that has been done to the image of the presidency is insane. And then also, uh, it isn't all on Trump's shoulders because the underlying... Not residual. The underlying racism and hatred in America as a country. Just corruption. It was there. Uh, The explosion that it experienced in the public eye. Yeah. Is insane. Like, it brought to light so many issues that we as a people clearly need to work on. And just like a lot of silent stewing and on then, some issues that were never spoken about out loud. And that was all before this. And now he's gotten impeached a second time. And if you watch the... Because I watched <laughs> the debate over wh- whether he should get impeached or not. Yeah. First of all, 10 Republicans switched over, which is ins- an insane amount mm-hmm. of Republicans if you don't follow anything governmental uh but also the <laughs> arguments of why you shouldn't get impeached most of them were because he only has seven days left that's not the point doesn't matter that doesn't matter yeah, it it's does about not matter us spending our money on him after he's out it's about whether he can rerun again and it's also for any about- for any office yeah like not even which i had to explain to my coworker because he was like you know but you you won the presidency you really think he's gonna run for like governor and i looked and i was like it doesn't it doesn't, doesn't fucking matter. matter. Like, the point is he was president and he did all this. Like, I don't want him as my local sheriff. I don't care. Like, <laughs> I don't I don't care. Yeah, he shouldn't be able to run again. You got top office. You were the top dog and you messed up so bad. Like, they gave you a lot of chances, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. So but, many chances. But, yeah, the hearings were intense because some people would get, you know, incredibly passionate. And it was like, all right. I get, I get it. I get why you're passionate, but then they'd make just bold comparisons and it's like, that doesn't make sense. And then it was like, well, you know, I saw one guy, he was like, you know, along the lines of we've been all these past four years, everybody's been calling for gun control. I noticed no one's saying that today. And it's like, yeah, bro. Cause there's the national guard outside the fucking door. Like, (laughs) Yeah, like they what would, was it? The amount that was deployed to twenty five thousand troops are in Washington D.C. Yeah, right the now. amount that were deployed to I believe Iraq or something, mm-hmm. just a ridiculous amount. A and war, mortal, a war's worth. And in the Mortal Kombat <laughs> voice, I say to you, fight! Like, 
Like I'm, <laughs> I'm not excited, and I seem like I'm excited. I'm not. But it's that moment of recognizing history, but not in the way of like it's happened before, and now I'm living through it. This has never happened. A president has never been impeached twice. Yeah, like that's insanity. And then the government itself and the armed services. First of all, every branch of the armed services was like, Biden's going to be president. It's going to happen. They all signed a memo. All the heads of the armed services, Navy, Army, Space Force, all of them. I don't know about Space Force, but most of them. <laughs> uh, they all were like, we're going to, like, buy, we're insuring it. There's a transition it's of, gonna our, happen. of authority. Yeah. We have a duty to uphold to do that. And now, in preparation for that, they're basically gearing up for a fight, <laughs> which is insanity. <laughs> also, did you see that um, Tom Hanks is doing the inauguration, which is another Simpsons thing that happened in the Simpsons mm-hmm. movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is, uh, yeah, the government's lost some of its integrity, so they're taking some of mine. <laughs> it's beautiful, and it's right after I just watched a few episodes of South Park where they go, Integrity Farms. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm not excited because it's horrible. And what's happening, what happened was tragic and despicable and disgusting uh, at the Capitol. But the recognition of like, holy shit, this has never happened. And I guarantee it will never happen again on like to this extent. It's a little exciting. I'm going to lie. I'm a little <laughs> like, cause it's not gonna like it's gonna affect me no matter what happens. Yeah. But if shit hits the fan in DC, I'll get home. I'm not worried about it. Like, like I'll get home and then I'll be like, what are we doing? Are we locking it down? Are we hiding out? Are we moving to the woods? What are we doing? And if shit doesn't hit the fan, great. Like, even better. But yeah, he was impeached twice, and I just like I don't really know. Pelosi slapped that gavel down so fast. Pelosi wore the same fucking outfit. Homegirl was ready. Yeah. Then I don't love Pelosi. I don't either. That shit was great. It like was funny. she was very much just like, and we move to do it. Boom. Yeah, she, <laughs> like, kind of, she had two words left in her sentence, and she just went for did it. Did it? She didn't finish the sentence. She was like, "Fuck this." It's like three. It's like an adro- like a fucking shootout. It's like three, two. <laughs> Yeah. Pelosi. Sorry, I couldn't help it. <laughs> but yeah, it, I mean, everybody knows he was impeached. Uh, now it's a matter of the trial. Of the trial. There you go. Which they'll start, apparently. They'll move forward with it on the 19th, but it won't start officially till the 20th. So on Inauguration Day. On Inauguration Day, Day it should begin. The issue is, uh, and Mitch McConnell himself has said this, he supported the impeachment. Yeah. He has said he supports it. He does not think it will be a fair trial because of how rushed it's been, which I get. Yeah, it's it's a it's a worry. But then it's it's the it's the simple matter of you got to you got to do yeah. it. And if you need to you're the guy in control of this. Like if 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 you start the trial and it takes so long, fine. No one's going to give a shit how long it takes. Everybody wants it to happen. Well, it depends on, is it taking a long time because there's so much to go through? Is it taking a long time because people are doing yeah, and, runarounds? And it's it's this thing of like, well, at that point, he's going to be out of office. And it's like, great, cool. We st- It still has to happen. And so I don't know what's going to happen. But I, it, I mean, it happened. He got impeached. Yeah. Which is 
fucking that's what's up. Yeah, that's uh, that's just sort of to date this episode when we look back. Just mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, this is when that happened. Yeah, uh, the, the one before this was uh, the Capitol was attacked, and then the one after that immediately was impeachment. Impeachment. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a up. week's time, the fastest the government's ever moved. Yeah, and they moved quick. <laughs> they did. Uh, the momentum the... from them running out of their seats the day of the Capitol breaching, the breaching of the Capitol oh my God. just carried they over. Just, well, I, I talked to my buddy about this. I think it was the catalyst of both parties realizing like, hey, we might be a little too extreme on our sides. We should probably uh, yeah. start working together towards a goal. Maybe like, not the entirety of both parties, but at least but, a chunk. Uh, a, a good chunk of both were yeah. like... Hey, <laughs> you also kind of notice it feels good because I'm like, okay, they're both, both parties are so set in their ways. They're not going to change. It feels kind of good to see one side be like, Hey, I'm willing to cooperate. But yeah. on the topic of news, I figured I'll just cover all the headlines Yeah, go ahead. that I wanted to talk about. Jake's, Jake's the news man. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day is coming up. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. That's, I don't have much to say about that. Just hooray. It's coming. It makes it sound like a bad thing. Just it's <laughs> it's coming. I don't have a lot to say about it. It's Martin Luther King Jr. Day, but yeah, it's on Monday. So watch out. Cool. It's Martin Luther King Day. Uh, a little sad news. Mr. Rogers' widow, Mrs. Rogers. Oh, did she pass away? Yeah, she passed away at like 93. Oh no. Uh, I actually I want to get the age right. But she died at 92. At least she was around long enough to see Tom Hanks play. Oh yeah, Mr. And that, Rogers. The amazing documentary that they made on him, Won't You Be My Neighbor? But yeah, she passed away. And then uh, one smaller blurb before I get into the next story I want to talk about. Uh, Bong Joon-ho, award-winning director of Parasite. Yeah. And many other great movies that people should definitely check out. He's going to head the jury at the Venice Film Festival. Oh, really? Which is pretty cool. He's the first South Korean director to ever be picked to do that. And what that basically means for people that don't understand what that means... He's selecting what's shown. Yeah. Like, it's a big deal. Like, uh, Inaritu, the director that made The Revenant. Yeah. He was in charge of Khan. Oh, really? Yeah, at one point. I think in 2018, he was the president of that. Like, he picked all that. Oh, wow. And I'm so- actually really excited to see Bong Joon-ho's uh, picks because... Yeah. He's, I mean, he has so much like passion. And yeah, he's so I'm excited sure about film. I'm sure for the bigger movies, like the big festival movies that happen every year, he'll pick them. But I think for like the smaller like matinee movies, I guess I don't know. I've never fucking been. <laughs> but I think for those, he'll pick the like sort of out there ones. The like, oh, it's your second movie and you're a small director. Fuck it, yeah. Get when in is there. that happening? Uh, Venice Film Festival is in. In September, the seventy September, the seventy eighth Venice Film Festival in September. Yes. Yeah. Let's see what happens and how much money we have by September. <laughs> Dude, I oh that'd be lit. I know. Dude, we could, we be, could we would be able to vlog that. We I'd could be, do that. Oh, I'd be so hype. Um, that'd be amazing. But so that is happening, and that makes me excited because I love Bong Joon Ho, and one of his movies, uh, just got added announced that it's getting added to the Criterion Collection, which I'm a freak for. Which one? Uh, one of his movies called... Uh, <laughs> well, that's a name. It's a great movie. <laughs> it's just like a bunch of the Greek letters. And if, yeah, and if you missed it, it's called... <laughs> uh, it's a great movie. No, it's called Memories of a Murder. Uh, it's his second movie, and it's supposed to be really, really good. I've never seen it, but all the movies I've seen by Bong Joon-ho are great, and I've seen like five of them. 
So I'm sure that the other two I haven't seen are good. Like, I haven't even seen Parasite yet. Look, we'll get there, man. I need to. We'll get there. I just saw the Grand Budapest Hotel the other day for the first time. And we're going to talk about that soon. Yeah. We will. But uh, I just wanted to mention that because, yeah, I'm I'm a Criterion Collection fanatic. I just love them. The special features they come with, I love. Uh, the booklets are great. The resume film. They're just so good. Yeah. So they do this cool thing where if you watch the movie and you don't take it out and you go back and you start your system up and you click to watch the movie, it'll pop up and be like, would you like to start it up where you were or do you want to start over? And I just think that's dope. Like, that's so cool. And I get in, like, the age of technology and streaming that's like, yeah, that happens everywhere. But for discs and DVDs, yeah, like, that's it's, cool it's not like shit. I'm streaming it. Like, it's a fucking, it's a, it's, it's like a, it's a Blu-ray disc. Like, yeah, that's dope. I like it's it. really cool because you, it used to be that we would have scene selection and we have to oh go through God. scene selection. And I still, I'm, I'm still a freak with that. Like, I'll be like, no, we're like 45 minutes through the movie. Like, I was watching Mindhunter with Allie, which if people haven't seen Mindhunter, it's a fantastic great show. show. Uh, and I was like, we're on episode three, right? And she was like, I don't know. And I was like, we're at episode three, like we're 23 minutes in. Found it and went, I looked, we were on episode three, 24 minutes and 23 seconds in. Sometimes I scare myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm excited about the Bong Joon-ho Venice Film Festival thing. And I'm excited about his movies starting to get added to the Criterion Collection because Parasite was in. And now they're putting that movie in. And I'm just like, yeah. Yes, because also they <laughs> yes. need just more. They mean they need more diversity in the directors they choose. But that's another topic. But the next big news story I want to talk about. I told you about it the other night, and I'm excited to talk about it because it's crazy and it's just unfolding, and I love it. Army Hammer. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I was just looking at Jake with a very weird look on my face, but no, yeah, I know what he's talking about. So Army Hammer, apparent allegedly. DM'd some women on Instagram, on Twitter, somewhere. And maybe it remains to be confirmed or denied, really. He's denied it, but I don't know. He might have a cannibal fetish. To each their own. I'm not here to, you know, kink shame or fetish shame. Yeah, I mean, people. We have people on the internet, fucking in animal suits. Yeah, and it, I'm, I think that's weird too. The messages are graphic. One of them, he's like, "I want to hold your still beating heart in my hands," and it's like, "What?" Uh, it's it's it, they're they're graphic. And then somebody was like, "Nah, they're fake." And I was like, "Cool, brush it under the rug. It's over. Story's done." And then like two days ago, Army Hammer left a production, quit. To go be with his family. And nothing looks more suspect. <laughs> like, for a while, it was mostly like, okay, this is probably some internet rumor bullshit. Photoshopped. Uh, yeah. Whatever. whatever. Somebody had too much time on their hands and went, you know what? Army Hammer. Fuck it. Right when it was cooling down. Dude, it it had died. I didn't talk about it with anybody because it had been washed under the... It, it completely gone. And then he left a production and released a statement being like, in these t- in in this time of crisis, I need to be with my family. I cannot, in good conscience, leave my wife and four and like his two children, or something. Bro, <laughs> <laughs> it's 
if it's not true, why not just say it's not true? Exactly. Why quit? Why leave a movie that was going to make him money? J-Lo is the other star of the movie. What movie is it? I don't know. I have no fucking idea. J-Lo and Army Hammer? Yeah, it was some movie. I don't know. But uh, huh. he left it and released this statement being like, I gotta be with my fan. Bro, just say it's not true. Because if it's true, oh no. <laughs> like, It's not like a criminal thing either. It's just a really weird thing. But him leaving it in suspense makes it worse. Because then people's imaginations go crazy. And they're like, okay, then it's definitely true. And et cetera, worse. Like, yeah, well, because, so, it's not just, he, yeah, it's it's bad. Because he, the fetish is cannibalism. Yeah. So, like. Eating people. Yeah. yeah. So, it's like, if his fetish is eating somebody, has he killed someone? Well. I mean. I mean. Kinks are weird, man. I mean. King. I mean. <laughs> I mean, if you have a... I'm if, reading headlines right If you now. have a kink of, like, getting slapped or hit or something, and that's, like, a consensual thing, does that mean you go out and beat people? No. No. So it's but, like... But, but if I'm... if Look, light choking and ripping your throat out are two different kinks. <laughs> like, like, a little light choke word. Fucking, I'm gonna bite your throat open. <laughs> This isn't me defending cannibalism, by the no, way. No, and I'm not either, but it's... <laughs> and I'm not trying to kink shame, uh, but... I'm just trying to keep, like, an open mind, because yeah. I've never in my life even considered the fetish of cannibalism. It, so I it, didn't realize it could be a fetish. Yeah. So it being presented to me is like, okay, hold on, I need to think about this in a mindset of, is it bad? <laughs> Well, is it like horrible? So now I'm reading headlines, and again, I don't know the legitimacy of these claims. The latest is his ex girl, his ex girlfriend, uh, has been said has said he quote he she's quoted saying he said to, to me he wants to I'm, I'm I can't wrap you're my a, head. You're having a stroke. I am because it's fucking insanity. Apparently, he said he wanted to, quote, barbecue and eat her. Mmm, yum, yum, yum. <laughs> yeah, which it's like, but, and, and under any other circumstance, I'd be like, that's not true. But he hasn't said anything. <laughs> and this story is just picking up steam. It would be great if he was like, yeah, but you didn't say what kind of sauce, though. Like, <laughs> if he had said something, I'd be like, all right, yeah, he didn't do it. But he released a... Because he's a he's a pretty credible actor. He hasn't really done I like him. wrong. I, I don't hate Army Hammer. I like him. He was great in Call Me By Your Name. He was great in Social Network. I don't watch any of the other stuff he was in because they were bad movies. He wasn't bad in them. Yeah, he was just handed shit scripts, which happens yeah. a lot. But instead of coming out with a statement being like, these aren't true, whatever, he left the movie, which I learned is called Shotgun Wedding, and then said he... He, he called them vicious and spurious, spurious, spurious online attacks and that he has to be with his family. Which, yes, he denied the claims, but also, like, why are you leaving? Why you gotta be with your family? Like, what's <laughs> going on? Like, what's happening? I mean, even at a time of, it could be one, 
It's true, and he's like desperately trying to convince his like family. He's got to talk to his it. wife and be like, "Yo, yo." <laughs> or it could be that he's genuinely a really good husband, and he's like, "Yeah, he he's worried about his family," which I hope because yeah, if it's true, I'm sure there are gonna be some some stories. Yeah, like people are gonna come out of the woodwork. But if it's not true. God, I'm so sorry, Army Hammer. Oh yeah, if it's not <laughs> true, thing to if it's through. not true, then oh my God, feeding into gossip's awful and all that stuff. Yeah, but like, come on. So that's the crazy cannibal that's, story. Yeah, that's so the, that's the news story that I wanted to talk about. Army Hannibal. <laughs> uh, yeah, the messages shared graphic sexual fantasies going as far as cannibalism, with the actor appearing to write to a woman on the app that he is. 100% a cannibal and desired to drink her blood, which is also why I didn't think they were real because one of the messages straight up does say, quote, I'm 100% a cannibal. That doesn't seem like fantastical, which that yeah. seems like an admission of I'm a cannibal. Yeah. And then, and then the message under it's like, Oh my God, I've never said that out loud before. And it's like, that seems fake. That seems that, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, reading the messages, I was like, that's fake. But then it disappeared and popped right back up. And I'm like, oh my god, it might be real. Huh. That's weird. Yeah, I haven't read the messages, but from... They're crazy. That's so... I can't get a beat on that. I, at all. Right? Yeah. It's exciting. Um, <laughs> I'm sure we'll know more next week. Because it's still going on. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the news. <laughs> Those are the big news stories. That's the big news stories. That Impeachment. I've... Sad that uh, Mrs. Rogers, Mrs. Rogers died, and Bong Joon Ho, Bong Joon Ho, and Army, Army Hammer. Hammer's maybe a cannibal. Yeah, Army uh, Hammer, Hannibal, cannibal. And now I'm going to talk, and we're going to talk. Oh, about movies. What movies? I have watched. So I'm trying to get together a list to hopefully put out. A video about the best movies of 2020. Yeah, Jake's been cranking out movies. I left and right. I have realized how many I've missed, and also how many I caught, but I've had to rewatch to be like, oh yeah, no, that was really good. I am tired. Jake's trying to Anthony Fantano this. I am tired. I have watched the movies I've watched, and it's not like an itemized list. It's not like you know ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. They're just, in my opinion, some of the best of 2020. I've watched and rewatched Run, Tenet, Palm Springs, Sound of Metal, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, The Vast of Night, Mank, and I'm Thinking of Ending Things, and the documentary Time. Wait, have you rewatched I'm Thinking of Ending Things yet? Yeah. Oh, fuck. I need to rewatch it. You should. Because I got to think about it. Yeah. I still need to watch One Night in Miami, which I'm literally going to watch tonight, News of the World, the Tom Hanks movie, Promising Young Woman, the Carrie Mulligan movie. Kajillionaire, The Wolf of Snow Hollow, Minari, First Cow, and The Assistant. That's a lot of movies. I am aware. <laughs> the Tom Hanks News of the World doesn't look like it's going to be... It looks like it's going to be like a nice wholesome yeah, Tom I Hanks watch movie. It. Yeah, I want to watch it. Because they, they're going to they're gonna campaign it. Like, yeah. I want to see it. Uh, I'm sure I'm not going to love it. But, yeah. He's going to show up at the inauguration in, <sighs> in, in costume. In costume with the girl. <laughs> um... The ones I watched this week, based, since the last time we recorded, uh, I finished Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. I watched The Vast of Night. I watched Time. And I rewatched Palm Springs. How was Never, 
really sometimes always. Oh, heavy. Yeah. So heavy. I thought it was heavy in the first 20 minutes. It got so much heavier. It is amazing. The actress in it, it's her debut, and she's amazing. She is so good. You think this is going to springboard her? Into- oh, it will. Uh, yeah. My thing that I realized halfway through is I can't tell if she's a really great actress or she just happened to be great in this role, and that's because it's her only movie. So it's like I have nothing to go off of. But it's as a waiting a, game. you got to wait until yeah, you see her another stuff. As a debut performance, immaculate. She's so good. Uh, it's about this girl who finds out she's pregnant and her and her friend go. She lives in rural Pennsylvania where she can't get an abortion because she needs parental consent because she's under 18. And she goes to New York where she doesn't. And not a lot happens in terms of excitement. There's no like big dramatic adventure. It's just her and her, I think it's her cousin. And they take the bus, they get to New York, they go through the process of getting the abortion. There is a scene about halfway through the movie. She's going through the process of signing up for the abortion. It is about a 12-minute scene. It is heartbreaking. It is so sad. Because it's the scene where you learn her backstory and like you learn how she got pregnant and the circumstances of it without them explicitly saying it. And it is heartbreaking. It is the it is such a not hard scene to watch because it's literally just two people talking, but it is so heavy. And the movie's amazing. Like the ending happens, it's great. It's not great. <laughs> it's not a great ending, it's not a happy ending, but it just it's the story ends. It ties up the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it it was a really great movie. It was one of those ones that like critics that I listened to were like, oh my god, it's amazing. And I was like, yeah, probably. And then I watched it and I was like, yeah, like everything critics have said about it is true. It's great. I'm like choked up thinking about it. <laughs> and I watched The Vast of Night, which do you like Twilight Zone? Oh yeah, I caught a part of that that yeah. I asked if it was Twilight Zone. It's not. So The Vast of Night is the directorial debut, I believe. Hold up. Let me fact check myself. It was made by Andrew Patterson. And it's his debut. It's his directorial debut. It's his writing debut, it's his editing debut, it's his production debut. It's his first fucking movie, period. Wait, ever? He has no other credits. Oh, fuck. And if I had to guess anything about this man, he really, really likes Twilight Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone? Like, a lot. Uh, But in really, really liking Twilight Zone, he made an amazing Twilight Zone episode. It's so, and I don't fuck with Twilight Zone. I don't love it. This movie was so good. It was so cool. Do you think it's going to be like a one hit wonder thing? I have no idea. I have no clue. But it's it it's about these two kids basically in like rural New Mexico in the fifties, and one of them's a call operator, and the other's a radio DJ, but on the midnight shift, like. No one's fucking listening to Oh, uh, yes, my life. You should watch. <laughs> uh, and she is doing her switchboard thing, and she discovers this frequency. And so she calls him up because he's doing the radio show, and no one's calling in. Yeah. And she's like, hey, you should play this over the radio and see if anybody recognizes this because I don't know what it is, but it keeps, you know, I'm switching it, and it keeps popping up. And he plays it, and they just, like, the sci-fi starts picking up. 
everything like it gets it picks up the pace and it's really well written like it was really good and i didn't know if i would like it because all these critics that i'd read like that i read who talked about it were like yeah it's good but it's a really niche sci-fi movie and it's really not like it's just a really tightly written it's not even an hour and a half it's like an hour and 20 minutes also following like I know that Stranger Things hype is like pretty much died down, but still following Stranger Things hype. Yeah, it feels like sort of that area of yeah, and it, sci-fi. It it's just really well done. I really liked it. I thought as a debut, it's great. I didn't realize it was his debut, uh, but just as an overall movie, it's really well written. The acting's good. They do fine. Uh, do you think it leans he- like really heavily on the Twilight Zone thing, or if, is it? Do you think it's really well written besides sci-fi uh, yeah. area? Yeah. Yes, I okay. think it is. Uh, but it does, it also, it's definitely paying homage to Twilight Zone. Like, yeah. it, it knows what it's doing. But it does it really well. Uh, yeah, and I re- he, saw, he saw Jordan Peele rebooting it, and he went, what if? Yeah, like, it's, <laughs> if you like the Twilight Zone concepts, you'll love it. If you like smartly written sci-fi, you'll love it. I, I thought it was great. I rewatched Palm Springs. Forgot how good that movie was. It's a great movie. It's really good. I yeah, really liked it. Yeah, we watched it distracted the first time. Well, I wa- I've watched it so many times now. But between the last time I watched it, which was drunk at that party. Yeah. Uh, that was fun. And now <laughs> I haven't watched it since. And it's been popping up on Critics Year, like the end of the year's list of like, yeah, it's one of the best movies of 2020. And I was like, is it? Is it? And then I rewatched it. And I was like, "It is." Yeah, because usually a movie with uh, Andy, Andy Samberg, Samberg isn't like a top tier movie. Movie, a show maybe. Also, Something just nine nine. Yeah, a but... Groundhog Day style comedy. Yeah, like it. It doesn't scream. Well, it goes beyond comedy towards the end. Like yeah. I know. I know. Like, let's just say Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day gets like a little like touch feely at the end. Like, uh, it's like, oh, yeah. he's learning something. But Groundhog Day actually gets a little like, yeah, dramatic and I emotional love Groundhog towards the Day. end. Groundhog Day is a great movie. Yeah, but uh, rewatch that. Loved it. I don't have a lot to say about it. It's a cute, quirky, funny, really funny movie with a great ending. Uh, really like it. And then I watched a documentary because I like documentaries. I'm not huge into them. I usually wait till the Oscars when they nominate the best documentary to be like. Let's dive down that rabbit hole. Start watching some documentaries. I watched one called Time because I heard a lot about it. What is it? So good. <laughs> uh, it is so good. Is it about time? No, it is not. <laughs> um, it's about this woman, Sybil Fox Richardson. She That's also a great name. She goes by Fox Rich. That's a great name. Yeah, she and her husband. Uh, Robbed a bank in the 90s. And she served almost four years. And her husband was put in jail for 60 years. Is this a real... It's a true story. True story? This is actually... This happened. And she had been fighting to get him released for about 20 years. And it is so good. Huh. It's so good. And the way that it plays out is it's home video footage. They have like three kids. It's her and him at one point. It just, it shows them as a family. And then it's all this home video over the 20 years of her trying to get her husband out. 
trying to get the father of her kids out of home. There's a scene at church on Father's Day where she's talking to another woman whose husband, I think, is locked up. Or she has some connection to prison because they're talking about visitation. Yeah. And how around Father's Day, it's always hard. And that year, Father's Day had fallen on a day where you could go visit. And they're both just like, I can't, I, especially not today. Like, I couldn't do it. And it was it's a really great moment. And then there's another moment. The ending is amazing because it, it has a happy ending. You know? He gets released. <gasps> yeah. But- and like, you know, like in the description, it's like her, she fights for his release. I mean, it's something that was recorded. Yeah. Yeah. It's something on record. Uh, the, the editing in this movie, they did something really great near the end. Because it shows a moment where she's talking to like her lawyer or her lawyer's secretary. And she's like, hey, did we hear anything from the big house? And the, the woman on the other end of the line goes, no. And she goes, well, have you checked? And the woman on the other line goes, well, no. She goes, oh, well, you know, thanks. Hangs <laughs> up and turns to the people in the room. She's like, how can you say no when you haven't checked? <laughs> and at first it's that. It's like, you're right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Haha. She is right. And then she goes off. And the whole movie, she has this posit- this positivity. The woman, this woman, I have never heard a story like this and then seen the person involved with so much positivity. She's just wicked optimistic. She is so, she like she speaks, she goes to public speakings and is very aware that she took part in this robbery. And is also very aware that it was wrong and she was desperate for the money. Like she acknowledges that what she did was wrong. And she's got this positivity about like she came out of it a better person now. And it's just, she radiates this positivity. And the whole documentary, which is only like an hour and 10 minutes, it's really not that long, which also surprised me. She just radiates this energy. And then in this one moment, they show her, not broken, but angry. Yeah, her her spirit of positivity and optimism crumbles into... Her frustration. Yeah. Like her frustration finally shows. And it seems like she he's not getting out. Like, the frustration she shows makes you feel like it's not going to happen. Yeah. And then the very next scene, her entire family, which is a big fucking family, rolls up to the prison in a limo, (laughs) dressed to the nines, and they pick him up. Oh, shit, really? It is. it, It was such a good documentary. Like, I haven't seen a lot of documentaries this year. This one was great. Damn. Yeah. Hot damn. It's on Prime Video. Well, I mean, a lot of documentaries... Filming a documentary, I would think, right now, in the middle of all of this, is frustrating and hard, which is probably why a lot of it was home video. Yeah. Because documentaries right now are kind of dead. After, I mean, the last one was probably the fucking... Um, what's it called? Carol Bashkin. Tiger King? Yeah, Tiger Fuck King. Fuck that show. That, yeah, <laughs> but that was probably the last big one. Yeah. And there's been none since. So that's good, cool that a documentary actually came on your... Yeah, no, and it was it was really good. Uh, I still need to watch, though. I mean, we could probably take up the whole podcast with what you need to watch. Oh, my God. Yeah. But, yeah, no, time was great. Uh, and I've been slowly putting together my list of, like, if I had to pick ten movies, these are what I would pick. But, like I said, it's not going to be, like, worst to best. It's just going to be, like, these are the ten. They're all great. And this is what I think of them. Yeah. Uh, I will say, and it's going to maybe piss off people that are, like, it wasn't that good. Tenet's going to be on there. Tenet was great. I love it. The way it was stitched together and how clean 
the reveals were and the the backwards yeah. forwards everything was i think it was also great. just for nothing else the set pieces are great christopher nolan crashed a fucking plane yeah like and, and not like scene, in not seen i was like that's not cgi that's like, practical and not like not like in the dark knight rises where he dropped a plane like they drove a plane a huge plane off a runway and into a building what else do I need to say? <laughs> like, And you can tell it's one of those moments where the still shot of the building was so, it was just real. It was, it reminded me of the Buster Keaton thing where he exploded a bridge and dropped a train to the river. And that yeah. was like the first big thing. It reminded me of that where I'm like, oh, wow, we're really going back to classical practical. Yeah, Hell no. Yeah. It, and then I, I just, I liked it. But, it was good. But yeah, I still, I've got a bunch to watch. My goal is to have it up by February. Okay, we can do that. Sorry, I was just I've, looking at the board. Because I've been, <laughs> I've been cranking out movies. I need to write it. But then it's just a matter of me sitting there and talking. Yeah. So, yeah. But. Uh, those, are, those are Jake's movies? That's what I've got for movies. And then the one other thing that I've been listening to more is I watched... Uh, Fantano's 50 best albums of the year. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. And I realized I've been sleeping on country music. Yeah? I don't love country. I don't. No. I used to say I hate country. Then I caught myself when I got older. And I was like, I don't hate it. It's not my first choice. I did the same thing where I was like, I hate country. Because, I mean, everybody said they hated country. It's the same thing as people being like, I hated Nickelback. And then you get older. No, I do hate Nickelback. I mean, yeah, to each their own. Nickelback is probably on the lower scales, but with country. And I hope they see this. I hate so many. (laughs) There's you hate Nickelback. I fucking hate Nickelback. My boss played. What a hot take. My boss played thirty minutes of Nickelback the other day at work. It gave me a headache. (laughs) I wish I was kidding. But with country, there's so many subgenres of country. It's kind of wrong to say you hate all country. There's so many also subgenres. Some country. country songs are I'll say it. Some of them are okay. Yeah. Uh one country artist. I've got like three. No, I've got like two. Oh, with that being said, also, I don't listen to a lot of country, but I yeah. know it's wrong to just lump everything. But uh I've got two that I will say I like. Three, because I guess Brandy Carlisle counts. Uh, she's not. She's more like folk Americana. So too. I like <laughs> Sam Hunt because he's okay. hot. He's a handsome man. And House Party Slaps. I don't feel haven't like, haven't heard it, but it's yeah, cool. so good. Sam Hunt is good. And Chris Stapleton. He's I got know that name. He's got Tennessee whiskey. Oh, oh, oh okay. That yeah, song? I've heard, yeah, I've heard Tennessee whiskey. So he released an album this year called Starting Over. Again, I haven't listened to any of his albums. I just know Tennessee Whiskey. Because when you work in catering and you work weddings, that song comes up. And it's been out since 2016. I've heard that song so much. Uh, but Fantano had his album at, like in the 20s or even in the teens. Yeah. And I was like, is it that good? And I went and listened to it four days ago. I haven't stopped listening to it. Really? It's so good. But it's also, it entertains me because sonically, it is all over the place. (laughs) Like, the first song sounds like something you hear at a bar, but like in the background and you talk over it. And the other one sounds like, there's a song like five songs later, that is like a stadium rock song. 
But then in between it, like right before the stadium rock song is a nice love song. And before that is a sad breakup song. So you got a sad breakup song. Oh, so you're like bringing up the energy as you get to the concert. But then, so yes. So you've got the sad breakup song. Nice love song. Yeah. Stadium rock. And it's not quiet. It is loud. It's a, it's a great song. It's called Arkansas. It's fantastic. And then immediately after is a song called, oh, fuck. You can do it. I thought it would bring me the Wikipedia page, and it didn't. It brought <laughs> me to the song page. <laughs> so the first one's Arkansas. It's track five. Classic. Stadium rock song. It's great. If I could see that song live, I wouldn't a heartbeat. It's got energy. And then immediately after is a song called Joy of My Life. And it is so quiet that I was listening to this album. And it was the first time I was listening to it. And the song transition happened. And it wasn't smooth. He went from stadium rock, electric guitar, to like a little acoustic guitar. Like I just pictured this guy with a acoustic guitar on the porch. Just like. And I was like, wow, that's a transition. Not smooth at all. And it doesn't get loud. It does not build. It's literally him just singing about this woman being the joy of his life. And I was just like, what? It's a great song. It's a beautiful song. <laughs> but it was? What? It's like he had the concert rock song, and he's just looking at everything, and he's kind of holding it in his hand. Everything's in a like chronological line, and he's kind of like trying to find a place. He's like, I got it. Yeah, like, it, it feels like the album as a whole is great every song is good i don't love country music i love this album i almost bought it on vinyl the other day i haven't stopped listening to I thought it. you're gonna say i have a problem with vinyl but. i do <laughs> but like the chorus like i can i can just i can make my point probably through the chorus the chorus to arkansas is gotta get down gotta get down to arkansas having so much fun that it's probably a little bit against the law all the boys and the girls down there sure do know how to have a ball if you want to get down Get down to Arkansas. And then there's joy of my life. And the chorus is, she's so sweet to me. Must be the luckiest man alive. Did I tell you, baby? You're the joy of my life. And these are back to back. (laughs) It's not like one's the beginning of the album and the other's track 16. This is track five, track six. Doesn't make sense. (laughs) But it's such a good album. Uh, and I just wanted to say that because I just, I loved it. And I've been telling people to listen to it because I'm like, yeah, no, this is a great album. One of my cousins that lives in Georgia, when I asked if she had listened to it, was like, yeah, dumbass. And I was like, all right. Okay, cool. I'm new I to this. I live in the Northeast. I'm new to this country Thanks. thing. Thanks. Like, I'm new. I don't, I'm sorry. I'm you live new. in Georgia, which is like kind of around the heart of country music. I live in the Northeast. I don't listen to country. Chill out. Uh, my friend, I told one of my friends who loves country, and she sent me a different album to listen to by this guy named Morgan something. I don't even know his last name. Yeah. He has a song called Whiskey Glasses. I know that song. <laughs> I listened to the first half of the album today, and I sent her a message. I was like, I don't like this. And she was like, what? And I was like, I like it, and I'm very scared, because I think I'm just going to start liking country music, <laughs> and I don't want to. I've spent 22 long years. As the fucking... Saying, I don't, I don't fuck with it. As the video casts go on, we just slowly see you transition to cowboy boots. His cowboy boots, like faded blue jeans, a flannel and a cowboy hat, and a piece of straw that just gets longer every episode. <laughs> every episode. Like, and your teeth just get a little more like fucked tobacco-y. Up. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say it. Um, but yeah. There's an album I've been going back to, and I know it's old, but on TikTok, uh, Little Dark Age is, is like a slow yeah. version on TikTok. 
I keep going back. By the way, that album, the first half is awesome. Last half, I think, falls off a lot on Little Dark Age. First half slaps. She works out. Fucking awesome. It's a great album. I sent it to my mom because she works out a lot. Yeah. She's, she's been a health nut my whole life. I sent it to her to be like, oh, she'll like this because she'll spin to it. Did she hate it? She was like, are you trying to tell me I work out too much? That's I was, hilarious. I was like, no, mom. It's just fun to listen to. thought you'd have fun. Uh, she's like, oh, okay. Uh, but then after that is a little dark age, which when I first listened to it, the first time I listened to the album, I'm like, okay, this is fine. But then if you just like keep turning it up as the song keeps going on, it slaps so hard towards the end. Oh, it goes hard. It fucking rocks. It goes hard. Then me and Michael comes on. Fucking rocks. I love yeah. me and Michael. I have so many memories of longboarding to that song. And then When You Die came on. And I remember I worked at Aroma Joe's once. Uh, and I was singing that song. Uh, and there's a lyric that goes, I'm going to blow my brains out. Uh, and I sang that part. I was like, duh, duh gonna blow my brains out and then one of my co-workers was like 16 yeah. and still in high school at this point i'm 22 a jaded college almost graduate and she's like don't say that and i'm like no no it's part of the song uh whether it's true or not i can't tell you but it's part of the song <laughs> and i just like went on making coffee she looked at me like horrified the like innocence in her eyes and just like faded a little bit i'm like uh-oh i just got very real with this girl who i don't think has Oops. ever experienced this before so that was funny but that first half those first four songs fucking uh, yeah rest of the album yeah oh, that's a good album yeah it falls off i like it but I've been listening to that album a lot. I have it on vinyl. I've been listening to it. I was, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and Chris and Chris Stapleton's album. Oh, and you just got you just got um circles. Mac Miller, yeah. Yeah. Swimming and circles. Yeah. Yeah, which I was worried I wasn't gonna get. Um, it took a minute. It took a while. It took so like two months. I, for people that don't know, I'm a Mac Miller fan, but like more than you. Uh not you. <laughs> like more than you. Uh, and yeah, if, you if you're watching and you're like, no, nah, I'm a Mac Miller fan. I was in the top, I think 1%. It might've been l less than that. Like it might've been point something. It was 0 0.5. I remember. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and on Spotify. Yeah. I listen to a lot of Mac Miller. I've realized I need to listen to more music, but every day I still start my day and I'm like, ah, oh, what do I want to listen to? And I just put on Mac Miller. You listen to a big variation of music for most people. Yeah. Yeah. But I've also started realizing that I I do when I don't. Uh, but I ordered it when it came out. Whoever handles his legacy, whatever, the Mac Miller brand, put out a box set of his last two albums, Swimming in Circles, because it was revealed after he died there was going to be a third one and they were going to be like a trilogy. He died before he could even start work on the third one. So these two are companion albums. Not in the way that Folklore and Everlast or whatever the latest Taylor Swift yeah, album the, was, the Evermore or whatever. Yeah. Not in that sense, but just in the sense that they were made at the same time. And if the trilogy had been completed, they probably would have worked better. But these are the first two. And so they released this box set called Swimming in Circles. And they announced it in like September. And it sold out on his website. And then I found it on Tower Records' website. Shout out Tower Records because I bought it from them. Um, big shout out to Tower Records. Big sponsors huge, if you want. Huge shout out. <laughs> they don't sponsor us. I just want them to. So I bought the thing and it was on pre-order. And it was like pre-order, expected to ship December 16th. 
And January 1st came around and I checked and it hadn't shipped. And then like two days ago it arrived. And I went through my email to look. In a one hour period, I got the notification of prepared for shipment, shipped to location, moved to different location, out for delivery, and delivered within an hour. It went from fucking Kentucky to Manchester in an hour, <laughs> at least online. And But when it came, I remember because we brought it inside, the box it was delivered in looked like shit. Like not the box of the box set itself, but the box that they shipped it in. Yeah, that a big hole, hole in it. Like I grabbed it by the hole, brought it in, and went, you got a package. Like, <laughs> and I looked, and I, I was so mentally ready. I was like, if this fucking thing is broken, I'm going to be pissed. Because at this point, I had waited almost a month. Yeah. Beyond the date that I expected it to show up. Like, I was very much ready to... Al- I was already ready to start emailing Tower Records and be like, hey. It was at the point where I remember when you talked about it like two months ago... And in that time, I thought about it like three separate times. Yeah. I wonder if he got that. No, he didn't. No, I had When's he getting it? Uh, but it's great. Uh, I already love both those albums. Swimming is... I understand why people don't like swimming. Yeah. Like, pe- casual, casual listeners of Mac Miller, I get why they don't like swimming. Uh, it's a weird, funky, sonically out there piece. Yeah. Uh, it's very different from his other stuff. It is. Uh, I like it, but it kind of reminds me of listening, watching TV with the sound off, though, a little bit. That's my favorite one. It's great. Uh, but it's one of my favorites too. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Somebody do something. And then uh, <laughs> who the fuck is Mac Miller? Um, <laughs> but and then Circles is great. Uh, and it, it's literally, it's not, there's nothing special about the box set necessarily. It's literally just the two just albums. The finals. Yeah. yeah. So it's both albums in one spot. And, uh, there's like a picture booklet of him making the albums and a lyric booklet and a poster. Yeah. But I'm happy I have it. Uh, it makes me happy. But yeah, I love, of the two, I would tell people to listen to Circles. Just because I think it shows how creative he was, if that makes sense. Yeah, that was also the last thing he put out. It was. Yeah. No, no, swimming was the last thing he put out. While he was oh, alive. It was swimming and yeah, circles. Yeah, circles. Circles was posthumous. Yeah, you got three. You got three Mac Miller albums in the course of like the last week because you got Good AM too. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, I. You did. forgot about Good AM. I had. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> You've completed. Oh no! I think you have a complete. No, no, you don't have Blue Side Park. I don't have Blue Side Park or Best Day Ever, and I know there are bootlegs of I Love Life, Thank You, and Faces on vinyl. And Faces is great, but I think I'm not buying it. <laughs> I might get Blue Side Park for the sake of I like some of the songs in Blue Side Park. Maybe not Frick Park Market, but uh, I like the last song. I forget what it's called. I like that one. Yeah, uh, and there are a couple I'm I'm really into. Uh, yeah. But we're very close to having a full set of Mac Miller. Yeah, we are. Uh, <laughs> uh, on the topic of music, I know it's been a while, but I've been thinking about this. Because we were talking about Bruce Springsteen upstairs and how you're a big fan of Bruce Springsteen uh, and Prince. We were talking about those. Yeah. And how... Because uh, we were talking about when Prince died, you were very upset. I was. Uh, and then we talked about when, whenever Bruce Springsteen will die, it'll be different because you... You make it sound so... It's... 
it's I not hope it's not soon. soon. Like not the way you said soon. it was like when it happens. Yeah, but it's it's the point of we're probably gonna outlast Bruce Springsteen at this point. I would fucking hope so. Yeah. Um, um <laughs> so you grew up with his music, but also he's been alive the whole time. And it's yeah. been like a weird thing where if you meet him, it's probably gonna be like a religious experience. Oh, it's gonna be so bad. Yeah. So I've mentioned this to friends before. Uh so I grew up not quite listening to Springsteen. My mom was a big Bon Jovi fan, and my dad listened to 90s alt rock. But both of them like Springsteen. Like, if a Springsteen song's on the radio, neither one of them would turn it off. And then my uncle, or my, it was either my uncle or my friend. But one of them made me a CD, and it had Born to Run. And oh. I was, and yeah. I was like four. And it was just the song Born to Run. But I was like four, and I would go to like soccer practice, and my mom would play it, and I'd be like, yeah. Like, I loved the song. And as I got older, I just became a Bruce Springsteen fanatic. Like, I have, I bought the box set. I didn't buy it. I got it for Christmas, but I was like 12. And it was the box set of his first handful of albums. Uh, Which ones? It's his first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven albums. All of his albums from 1973 to 1984, which is everything up until Born in the USA. And I used to listen to all those on rotation all the time. But it also, because those are like the famous albums, like Gun to Somebody's Head, name a Bruce Springsteen song. You know, they're probably going to name a song off of one of those albums. Yeah, because they're, like, they're the biggest ones. Yeah, Born in the USA is off of Born in the USA. <laughs> uh Dancing in the Dark is off of Born in the USA. Born to Run is off of Born to Run. Jungle Land, Born to Run. Uh, 10th Avenue, fr- Freeze Out, Born to Run. Uh, Blinded by the Light is off of his first album. Like, all of his huge hits are off those albums. But what it did was, when I, bought, when I got that, I was like, wow, he's still pumping out music. He's still making... He had an album out this year. Was it good? It was good. It's yeah. it's not Bruce Springsteen legendary, but legendary, good. but it's it's a solid album. He's he's turning into a Americana type of writer. Yeah, or he's not writer. Good. He's always been an Americana writer, uh, but now he's becoming an Americana singer. Just like it's him and his guitar. Yeah, but it's still good. It's still good. See, uh, me growing up, same thing as you, except mine was Green Day, Billy Joel Armstrong. <laughs> I loved Green Day. I they were the band that I learned to sing off of, like the like the I'm so sorry vocal inflections <laughs> shit. I had to I had to try to learn out of that as I moved into other voice work. I yeah. had to figure out how to not do the fucking weird California accent kind of singing. Um, but I grew up with them and I love them. I love Nimrod. I love Dookie. I, American Idiot was it's the great. first first album I ever got. American Idiot, is I know. A great album. Jesus of Suburbia and Homecoming, like the back of my hand, I could sing those all day. Yeah, I went, but as we grew up, something happened. I don't know when it happened or where, but Green Day's last album was so bad. Oh, it was terrible. It was. I remember being in. I was working same place, Roma Joe's. I was waiting for this album to come out, and it dropped. I was there the moment it dropped. And I listened to it. I was like, I'm so pumped. And the first song played. And I went, you know what? There are a couple songs by Green Day I don't like. Maybe it's just the one. And as I went further down the rabbit hole. It wasn't. There's security footage at Aroma Joe's of my smile melting off my face. That's funny. Because it was 
horrifying listening to my fucking heroes growing up uh, just become like old tryhard fogies. Wait, are you talking about Revolution Radio? No. I'm talking about... Uh, Father of all motherfuckers. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, that one's bad. It was really bad. That their, really bad. Their advertising was like no Swedish like electronic DJ mixers or oh, whatever. Oh, terrible. It was weird. And then I listened to it and I was like, it sounds flat and empty and honestly cold. It just didn't feel good uh, to listen to. It, f- it felt like just another generic garage rock tryhard band. Of old dudes trying to reach back to something they used to have. And I hate saying that about Green Day. But oh my god. What happened? Oh my. I really hope that they can come back from this and make something decent. Because even their later albums. Even the one before with uh, the Revolution album. Revolution Radio was good. It was good. It was good. It's not like American Idiot no, fucking hold so, up to that. But it's it's good. And then they made that. And they've just been quiet. See, I'm not worried. It was bad. It was. I'm not worried about them bouncing back necessarily because looking at their discography, Dookie, classic, came out in 94. American Idiot, classic, came out in 2004. 21st Century Breakdown, really great album. I love that album. Came out in 2009. Revolution Radio, was good. Yeah. Not great, solid. Uno Dos Trace was... 2016. Okay. Uno Dos Trace does not get the credit it deserves. Yeah. Those were three good albums released within almost a month of each other. Yeah, it in was the same all, year. It was a lot at once. I was like, whoa. Yeah, those are good. Because uh, I also I went through a Green Day like phase in high school. I went through a grunge rock phase in high school, which turned into a punk rock phase a lot in high of us school, did, yeah. which turned into pop punk. But I was already in the pop punk phase in middle school. So once I came like once I went from pop punk to punk to grunge to '90s alt rock. Back to grunge, to punk, and then got back to pop punk. I was like, all right, well, full circle. I'm not. <laughs> like, I'm out of this phase. I went through, like, Green Day, then Blink, and then, like, MCR, and then started going down towards Sleeping With Sirens in those areas. Oh. But then I took the road of Tame Impala and oh, went to Psych see, Rock. See, my brother, so my brother was, is five years older than me. So in middle school, he came home and was like, Chevelle, A Day to Remember. As I lay dying, <laughs> all these bands, and I was just like, yes, yes, give it to me, <laughs> yes, anger. And then in high school, it was like, because he also was like, you know, Nirvana, but he discovered Nirvana, Nirvana. And so he showed me Nirvana, but I was in like fourth grade, so I was more just like, yo, what the fuck is this? Like, this is loud. This, Yeah, this is annoying. <laughs> I don't like this. Uh, and then in high school, it was like Nirvana, which then led to 90s alt rock. So then it was Pearl Jam, and then it was like, well, wait, Oasis. And then Oasis was like, well, wait a minute, Blur. And I was like, oh, shit. Is Blur better than Oasis? No, but I get why people think they are. Um, but then it was like Green Day. And then with Green Day came all these other rock bands, Blink-182, all these other things. And it just exploded. It was a micro explosion. And I feel so bad for my girlfriend at the time because I became a Nirvana fanatic. Oh, yeah. Like I was convinced for a while my first tattoo was going to be the Nirvana smiley face, but not in a subtle place. Like fucking here. Right on the chest. No. <laughs> Not no. happening. Uh, I but, thought mine was going to be a Fox of the People tattoo. Oh, that's what influenced me to go to Psych Rock was a little Fox of the People. Mixed yeah. With all the punk I listened to. But yeah, no. Got big into the alt rock. And then when it came full circle... I remember just being like, all right, cool. But yeah, I think Green Day, I'm not necessarily worried uh, if it's their last album. Bummer. Yeah, well, that's what I was <laughs> saying is that 
Bruce Springsteen has consistently been like, he's still Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. He's had his moments, I will yeah. say. He's had his moments where he's put out some shit albums. Yeah, but he's bounced back. I just hope, what I'm saying is I hope this isn't their last album. Oh, this I hope This becomes so too. like, they were good, and then, nah, and then that's the end. Like, yeah. it's just a dud at the end. I don't want it to be a dud at the end. I, I want them to not. go out as like a fucking awesome, but, super fucking so great if, rock if band. So if it makes you any more hopeful. Uh, Springsteen, in the 90s, he came into the 90s, so he had Born in the USA in 84, an album called Tunnel of Love in 87. It's a decent album. Got a couple good songs on it. And then in the 90s, in 1992, he released two albums right around the same time. They were like a double album packaging. Yeah. And in 92, do you know what else was out? What? In in September of 91, Nirvana's Nevermind came out. Oh. And the entire country realized that we're all a little angry. Yeah, Grunge Rock came out and they were And we're Whoa. all we're all a little angry. And we're all a little sad. And then in March of 92, Springsteen put out two albums, not released in a box set, but like same day. And both of these albums are him just being like, I'm happy. I'm doing good. I love life. The world is beautiful. No one wants to hear that right now. Not then. The 90s were angst. And even he admitted that. Like Later on in his career, even he was like, oh yeah, I'm not that proud of those albums. Because yeah, no one fucking wanted them. It was just a bad idea. Uh, it was it was a lot of edge and angst that, and everybody loved all that edge and angst. It's like fucking oh my Alice God. in Chains came out, Nirvana was yeah, booming. Nevermind is a classic album. Yeah. Like no I mean, one, no one would ever say it's not. Yeah, and I mean, if he waited like ten years, then yeah, they might have been better. Because yeah. look at Dave Grohl coming from one of the angstiest, sad, angry out like bands ever to yeah. being the happiest. Oh, rock so star cool. I've ever seen. He's adorable. But then, and so he released these albums and even critics were like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and he didn't release an album for three years. So I'm sure if I was alive at the time and I was like, you know, let's go Springsteen. And he put out those albums. I'd be like, yo, what the fuck? And like, <laughs> he went on a world tour and everything, but I'd still just be like, is this it? This the whole thing? Is this it? Is this is this the last of Springsteen? But then he put out Ghost of Tom Joad, which is a great album. Uh, and he's had a bit of a he had a bit of a renaissance in the two thousands. He had some really good albums in the two thousands. But it it definitely yeah. So don't worry. I'm not that worried about Green Day. I'm sure they'll be all right. It just it made me sad. That last album made me sad. Uh, <laughs> not because it's a uh, sad album. It's just not good. <laughs> also, going into continuation of series. Uh, and going into the video game category, two things were just announced recently. Yes. One of them being that Bethesda is making an Indiana Jones game. Yeah. Do we know if it's going to be open world? Nope. No? Nope. Ask me what I know I about don't, it. I don't think it should be. Ask, ask me what I know about it. What do you know about it? I know that Bethesda is making an Indiana Jones game. That's all they've really released, isn't it? That's all they've said. Yeah. Uh, they're releasing an Indiana Jones game, and it's an original adventure. Perfect. Awesome. I wonder if it's gonna be young indie, or like, like a like a fucking uh, uh, Temple of Doom indie. Uh, <laughs> but that's pretty much all there is to say about that. They I'm released, excited. They released a thirty second video of a hat getting pulled off a table and a whip underneath it. Fucking. That's it. Pumped. <laughs> excited. Uh, I'm uh, sure it'll be good because. I, Bethesda does good. I actually am hopeful. 
I hope that it isn't open world. That oh, I was gonna say the same thing. I hope it's not either. Because Doom is great. Evil Within Two was great. Mm-hmm. When when they make streamlined, story driven games, a one, so good. Yeah. And I don't love their open world games. I like them. I think they're good. I mean, I they, pioneer, great. they pioneer yeah, open world. They deserve the credit they get with their open world games. But I just don't think an Indiana Jones open world game would be great. I don't think it would either. But Ubisoft also announced a new Star Wars video game. Open world Star Wars video game. I am so fucking excited about this game. I know nothing about it. Nothing. But the moment I heard Star Wars and open world next to each other, I shit my pants. I am so pumped. Because for so long, people have begged for an open world Star Wars game. That's what they hoped with the last one. Yep. That even though it was good, good And there plot, were open world segments. Yeah. We want an open world. We want a No Man's Sky version of, of Star, Star Wars. Wars. <laughs> we want that. That would be, be so fun. That would be fucking amazing i would never stop playing that game that i just stream that the sh- the the channel would be over It'd just be kyle plays star wars open world game title just on the channel all the time it's i'm so excited for this game because if they have the customization options that they had in the last game if they have the exploration options that they have in like say no man's sky again and if they have the fighting capabilities that they had in like battlefront and shit and multiplayer yeah. capabilities too. It, uh, 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 no, game of the no. year. Yeah, fucking no, game of the I, year. It my so you're not wrong, and I am excited for it. The thing here's the thing. Yeah, here's the thing. It's Ubisoft. It is Ubisoft. They do a lot of Assassin's Creed games. They do, and I so I am hopeful that it will be good. And I think the world will actually be good. I'm, I don't have much hesitancy because now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, no, this is going to be fucking awesome. Yeah. Because well, I also need to see what they did with Valhalla. I don't know yet. I don't. Um, because Odyssey and Origins, in terms of the world, not the game, but the world, were great. Those open worlds were awesome. There was yeah. so much shit happening. Origins was gigantic. Not Origins. Fucking... No, it was Origins. It was oh. the one in Egypt? Yeah. Yeah, that one was huge. The one in Greece? Bigger. Really? I'm Oh, it was bigger. I stopped after four because I saw it was five massive. and I was like, uh-oh. I saw five and I went, uh-oh, I can't, I don't want to play this because I played five minutes of it and I was like, this is broken. And I stopped and that turned me off to the rest of the Assassin's Creed games. I guess I'll have to play the other two now. Yeah. Do you have them? Uh, I have Odyssey. Fuck yeah. I'll play that. I'll but, play it on my off time. But yeah, no. Now that I've said it out loud, and I'm like, wait, no, hold up a second. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not that hesitant. I think it will be great. Yeah. I and hope I, it will be great. I beg, I'm begging all of my five listeners, uh, please, <laughs> please convince Ubisoft to go the No Man's Sky route of exploration. That would be so fucking cool. It'd be 12 discs worth of space. It'd be so big. It'd be huge. But I'd... Buy a whole system just for that. It's, so, it's, I'm, I'm, uh, Kyle is excited. Uh, <laughs> the Odyssey map is the second biggest in terms of land. It is the biggest overall. It what's is 256 the, kilometers squared. What's the biggest overall? What's Odyssey. The biggest? No, I mean, 
Oh, that is the biggest open Overall. world game, period? No, no, no. It's the biggest Assassin's Creed game. What's the biggest? Do we know the biggest no open Man's world Sky. game? Is it, it's it is, no it's got to be No Man's Sky, yeah. Oh, without being procedurally generated, it's a game called Fuel. Oh. I think procedurally generated, it would be Minecraft. Yeah, probably. It's just it a, tre- a treadmill it's version massive. Of, of, yeah. Uh, but we're very excited about the Star Wars open world game and seeing how development goes. Hopefully it goes well. I'm I, sure it will. I hope another cyberpunk thing doesn't happen. Um, I'm sure it will. I, yeah, I really hope so. In the in the guise of, of big productions, um, WandaVision came out, and Jake, how many episodes have you seen? Two, because only two came out. Perfect. What did you think of them? It's good. It's good. I just watched it today. Um, I actually just watched it like three hours ago. Ah! <laughs> We're going to get copyright struck. Shit, shit. I can't get copyrighted for WandaVision while I talk about WandaVision. <laughs> shit. It's funny, actually. Is it funny? It, so I picked up on it, and I watched it with Allie, and she picked up on it. The first episode is in the style of a 1950s sitcom. Yeah, it kind of shows that in the trailer, and the it kind of changes as the series goes on. The second episode is the 60s. Oh, oh, that's a fun. So it's just there's subtle changes, but like the intro in the first episode is different than the intro in the second episode, which I'm sure will be different than the intro to the third. They probably had a whole department just on the intros. Oh, for sure. That's awesome. But so as a standalone, it's good because it doesn't explain really what's going on. Like it's unclear what's happening in terms of like why is Scarlet Witch in the 50s with Vision. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's not a spoiler. It's the highest grossing movie of all time. And Infinity Wars, I think, number three. Uh, Vision's dead. Yeah. Not a little dead. He's a lot dead. Dead, dead. He's very dead. He's dead. He died. Time got reversed and he died again. He died twice. Yeah, he died hard twice. Dead, dead. He's dead. Just to remind you all, he's dead. He's dead. (laughs) And in this show, he's alive. Yeah. And they don't say how. They haven't explained it. I mean, comically, like, through the comics, you and I have, a, like, a pretty good yeah. idea. But um, I don't want to say why, like, my oh, theory, because we're probably correct. Oh, we're definitely right. I, just I based off of the titles of the upcoming movies and yeah. what they've announced. Yeah, just Wanda's very powerful. It, it seems like... It not seems like... I'm not going to beat around the bush here. Uh, if people don't want to hear it, fucking... I don't care. Hey, I can put a t- I can put a time code up. Yeah, put a time code and a Boom. spoiler because now I'm going to talk about it. Uh, Scarlet Witch opens the multiverse. Yeah, basically through grief. In the comics, this happens. Like in the comics, they kill Vision and Scarlet Witch goes insane and creates you like different timelines where Vision is alive. And in the show. That seems to be what's happening. There's an eerie undertone towards the end of each episode so far where they're like, what the fuck is going on? But they never, it never gets shown in the world of the show that anything else is off. Like to the viewer, it's like something's wrong. But in the show, besides Scarlet Witch, everyone else is like, yeah, life is good. It's like a splitting of timelines, but conscious, the consciousness of people are still intact as a singularity while the timelines are fractured. That was, like, that was too smart a sentence, but yes. Basically, you are a race car on a Hot Wheels track, and the track splits, and the car is trying to go through all of the tracks at once. Uh-huh. 
So it's just barreling through the tracks okay. all to, all at the same time. Uh-huh. And it can't do that f- no. through physics and explanation of science. Okay. You Basically, she went crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm confident that that's what they're going to do. Because Doctor Strange 2 is going to deal with Scarlet Witch. And it's literally called Into the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. So I'm pretty confident that by the end of this show, it's going to happen. They're gonna open the multiverse, which has already been confirmed through the next Spider-Man, Spider-Man movie. Exactly, like it's it's they're basically setting it up for the next phase of Marvel movies, and I think they're doing it really well because it's also just a funny show. Like it was funny. I'm just excited for. I feel like we're past the phase of, oh, Marvel's big. Who cares? Marvel's huge. If you watch Marvel, you're part of the mainstream. At this point, Marvel's a part of our culture. It's an event. It's and it's a big fun, fun time. It's fun, and they're they're. They're good. They're entertaining. You know what you're getting. And you know... They're not bad either. No, that's the thing. If if you like it, like if you like the Marvel movies, you're going to like it. Yeah. Like if you can sit there and go, yeah, I like the Marvel movies, you're going to like the show. Like it was good. I enjoyed it. I actually, I really liked it. It's not like the route of people being like, oh man, (laughs) I love Jurassic Park 3 because all the other Jurassic Parks were good, so I have to like this one. No, all Marvel movies are, are essentially good. Yeah, they're, they're really yeah. good. Everybody's got a favorite. Yeah. But Ragnarok, yeah. Uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, WandaVision, solid so far. Awesome. First two episodes, they built enough intrigue. They did their job. They're good. I'm I like pumped them. to watch it. It's fun. Uh, and then the last thing I have which is, I think is a good way to wrap this up, is uh, Jake has introduced me to an old section of HBO Max. Of, oh! Of a section of movies basically prior to like the 70s and 60s. Yes. So and just on before. Gotcha. I'm yeah. a, I have a big hard-on for those types of movies. Gotcha. Just all black and white, either silent, black and white, uh, foreign films yeah. of intrigue and of status in the classic film gotcha industry. now i know what you want now i know what you meant yeah i am so excited about that because i think i'm gonna watch one a week at least you should and come back and just be like here's what i watch because i in college watched late spring uh oh yeah and you just learned about late autumn and i didn't know it had a sequel called late autumn in the 60s so i looked into it it's not exactly a sequel is it kind of a successor? It, yeah, it's just made by the same guy, spiritual successor. Perfect. But still, he the Late Spring was a fantastic movie. Uh, and also, I want to go back and watch Man Escaped, which, for those of you that watched an episode of Uncharted where I couldn't remember <laughs> the name of a movie while we were escaping prison in Uncharted, it's a Man Escaped. It's a great, fantastic movie. Slow burn. Watch it's it. It's a very slow burn. But it's a but good it's movie. it's so good. It's literally about a man escaping from prison. Yeah, it's a, that's it. But it's, he makes and he makes Jake's favorite thing. He makes grappling hook. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I introduced you to the What's Turner called? Classic Movie section. Turner Classic Movie section. Uh, it is at the very bottom. If you go on HBO Max, like on yeah. a system or something, it's at the very bottom where the sections are. Yeah, it's basically so Turner Classic Movie is a channel. It's a cable channel. Granted grandparents love it i'm pumped yeah and so like my grandmother used to have it on all the time on my dad's side and it's basically it was it's a channel where they're just constantly showing these fucking old movies and not like 80s old like on hbo max they've got movies from the 70s and 80s 
if you were to turn it on on cable, you're watching Gold Rush. You're watching old, old movies. Movies that people don't know. Like, just fucking your grandparents would be like, oh, this is a good movie. I remember when this came out. And they haven't seen it since it came out. Like, they're, <laughs> they're not popular old movies. They're just fucking old. And HBO Max somehow made a deal with Turner Classic Movies and Criterion. Oh, they, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, so a lot of the movies in the Turner Classic Movie section are also Criterion Collection. Oh. Yeah, like uh, for film nerds, 400 Blows, Bicycle Thieves, uh, Breathless, Barry Lyndon. Barry uh, Which I love. But also like Billy Elliot, uh, Blade. Um, just old classic great movies yeah yeah and then also like blood simple the coen brothers debut oh i haven't seen that yeah. one actually uh and i like the coen brothers yeah chasing amy a movie by kevin smith oh okay but still like these sort of not out there but older more not refined but not popular sort of just they're picking movies yeah and yeah i i think it's a great section i'm pumped i think i'm gonna Say this now. I'm going to have two movies for next uh, recording session. And here are the two. One is Chinatown. Good. I need to watch that movie. It's a classic. I movie. haven't yet. And I've been really pumped to watch it for a long time. It's a great the movie. second one, probably going to be late autumn. Just basically any movie off Turner Classic Movies. Yeah. Essentially. Um, well, Chinatown's <laughs> off of Turner Classic Movies. Perfect. I'll watch two then. Uh-huh. Um but, but so, I'm I'm very excited to do that, and I'll have that for you guys next time, and for sure. Something I think we should do is so I'm not axing the Otor series. Oh please, please I'm don't. not. But I noticed with most of the directors I picked, and by most of I mean all of, none of them are popcorn. A lot of them aren't popcorn. A lot of Terrence them, Malick was not popcorn. A lot of them make movies that make you either think or they're just heavy. Okay. And I don't want to do that every other week. It gets exhausting. Also, we'll there just pepper are, in other well, movies. Well, no. Let me fucking okay. shut the fuck up. <laughs> Your bitch ass. Your mouth don't even move. <laughs> um. So I've decided because I also, we've realized you haven't seen a lot. Yeah, I have a big list. I just watched Grand Budapest Hotel the other day, and I loved it. I'm going to start, instead of doing, we're going to watch an entire director's filmography, because that's insanity. Uh, I'm going to start showing you just classics. And we're going to watch, at some point soon, maybe not by next episode, by the episode after that. We're going to watch the Before Trilogy. What is that? It's my favorite romance trilogy of all time. It's made by Richard Linklater, and he made a movie with Julie Delphi and Ethan Hawke in 1994? Well, I do love Ethan Hawke. I love me some Ethan Hawke, too. Uh, I believe it was 94. 95. And it's about these two people. This is the first one. It's called Before Sunrise. It's about these two people. They meet on a train in Vienna. Mm. The guy, it literally starts off. The guy goes up to the girl, and he's like, look, I think you're beautiful. Uh, they talked on the train for maybe 10 minutes and he's like, look, I think you're very beautiful. I think you're great. Uh, we clearly get along. You're going to Paris. I'm getting off here. Get off with me. Let's, let's get to know each other. If it doesn't work out, you can get on the next train to Paris and I'll go my own way. Yeah. 
and they spend the night together in Vienna. Second movie was made nine years later. Yep. A Malik type, huh? No, because <laughs> it's Richard Linklater. In between these movies, ready? He made Before Sunrise, right? Yep. Then he made Suburbia, The Newton Boys, Waking Life Tape, School of Rock. Oh. And then, in 2004, he made Before Sunset. Wait, I've seen, I just saw screenshots from all three of these movies. Yeah. It's it's the same actors With every time? With Ethan Hawke and Julie Delphi. Yeah, they're on all three, right? And it's the, yep. And it's the same people. They're playing the same characters. And it's their relationship. And then, in 2013, nine years after this one, he made Before Midnight. And that's about them when they're married. Holy shit. And it is, I think all three as a trilogy are so good. Because each one deals with something different in terms of like a theme or whatever the fuck. But everybody in it is so good. The acting is great. The writing is fun. But also, the effect of watching two people literally grow old over the course of three movies. But not in the way of like movie magic. Not in like... We CGI'd their face so they're old. Nah. Not the Irishman. Nah. If you go from the first one, from 1995, to the third one, in 2013, they just got old. That's how yeah. it works. It's like they a, grew it's a up. boyhood situation. It's made by the same guy. Oh, same guy made that? Same guy made boyhood. Oh, shit. Uh, same guy made boyhood. I'm pretty confident. Well, he was made. Yeah. Well, he was making these movies, he made boyhood. Hot damn. Well, so, he had to, yeah. Like, he made... He had filmed two portions of Boyhood and then made Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, filmed uh, nine more sections of Boyhood while making Before Midnight. Put out Before Midnight, put out Boyhood. I'm very excited for this. Yeah. Because, so... And then can we... I know it's a lot. Can I watch... I haven't seen Boyhood either. Yeah, we can watch Boyhood. Yeah. I'll gladly watch Boyhood. I, I know more it. about the making of that movie than I've actually seen that movie. It's a great movie. But yeah, and I think it would also be fun because I wanted to watch all of Linklater's stuff. He doesn't fall into the auteur theory thing. Yeah. Uh, and also some of his movies are not good. And instead of biting, instead of biting off uh, 1, 2, 3, 20 movies, I figured let's watch three. <laughs> also because they're lighter and I don't know. It's a nice just, palate cleanser. Yeah, I yeah. just don't want to dive into like David Fincher or Tarkovsky and get just existential and heavy. Plus, I just like these movies. Are we never going to do David Lynch? We'll do David Lynch when I feel like it. <laughs> I don't fucking want to right now. I know. <laughs> I just don't know if that's something you've nixed completely off. No, I haven't nixed it. I think Lynch, Lynch is an auteur. He just annoys me. I just need a week to mentally prepare myself for a racer head. Exactly. And I don't want that right now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're going to watch the Before Trilogy because I feel like you would eat those up. Because it's literally two people having a conversation over the course of six hours, over the course of three movies. Awesome. Yeah. Well, hopefully by next episode, we'll have that one done. Yeah. Thanks for now watching, guys. Yeah. Uh, what this up? episode of Here's the Thing. This isn't the podcast outfit. It's going to change every time. Oh, perfect. And it just stopped recording that part. Uh, did it actually? <laughs> yeah, it did. That's what's up. Perfect. We're going to end on the title screen. Uh, we'll see you guys in the next... Don't. don't. <laughs> see you next time. <laughs>
We'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye.